My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. That's 800-993-1358. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. It's hour number three, the home stretch. Here on Radio Law Talk, we've reapplied the deodorant. We have stepped outside. We've we've run around to make sure that we still have blood circulation. Denise has reloaded the 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 bullets in her eye to fire more shots at me if I make inappropriate comments or say stupid things. Boy, she's going to run out of ammo there. <laughs> and uh, Cal Hunter with the with the music. Now, look, I was teasing Cal as for his Christmas music selections. Um, for the first hour, we had Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, and then we had the last Christmas, George Michael. And I, I'll admit, I, I wasn't, uh, it was like Jingle Bell Rock was what you were playing, I think, this last time. So, all right, you've come around. And that's a great song. Yeah, was that Chuck Berry? Uh, no, no, uh, no. Who's who did Jingle Bell Rock? You know, uh, Brenda Lee did the did the 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 ver- well. Um, and let me think. Jingle Bell Rock was da, 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 I don't know. Uh, no, Brenda Lee did the uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Denise will Google it for me. She's yeah. All right, all right. So we got that. Look, in the first couple of hours, if you missed any of Radio Law Talk, we feel uh, sorry for you. Yes, I mean you're you're <laughs> you're really missing out. So after you uh, after you pay your penance, you can pick us up on. Uh, RadioLawTalk.com, we have all of our shows that are uploaded. Uh, they, so today's show will be uploaded by, by Monday. You can Usually, hear the first yeah. couple of hours. Mm-hmm. We're also uh, the Radio Law Talk podcast, which is a, all of our shows. You can find on pretty much any podcast streaming service. Just look for Radio Law Talk. Denise, do you, do you have an answer for Jingle Bell I Rock? I do. I do. It's 1957, and it is Bobby Helms. That's it. Bobby Thank you. Helms. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. But it's been done that. over and over, too, after Bobby Helms, but the, his is the most popular. Thousands of covers of that song. Absolutely. So, so look, that was a that was a more upbeat. Thank you. Not I'm gonna you know I'm gonna die alone because I suck at relationships type Christmas song. This was uh, this was one that was a little more upbeat. Could you Todd, the, the, they were never intended to make you sad. I, I just they're just nice traditional Christmas tunes. No, oh, Cal, Cal Hunter. There you heard it, folks. He thinks that. 
Christmas tunes about people that are terrible in relationships. Sad people. Are, are, are nice, <laughs> traditional Christmas tunes. He just okay. wants to, he just wants to feel, make you feel included, Todd. <laughs> exactly. Welcome to the world, man. Yeah, all right, all right. Look, look, I chose my... I, I chose my musical selections based on your Tinder profile, Todd. I mean, good heavens. Swipe left. <laughs> yes. Which I've never seen, right? Yeah. Swipe yes. my music left, right? Yeah, yeah. Swipe, swipe left. Uh, you know, okay, we're going to move on. <laughs> um, you know, first, let's see, we are uh, – Denise and I both got points in the first case and no case first hour, right? Yes, we did. And then you Cal did. skunked us the second hour. Nope. He did. He well. He skunked us in the sense that oh, we both we, we both, both said no zero. case, and That's he right. said case. So he got points there. So so this is like. But I guess, then in the third hour, in baseball terminology, he skunked you. But we haven't, well, done, we haven't done now. the third hour yet. Then how did I get so many points? I don't know. This is this is the Denise Dirks exhibiting time travel, um, and, and and we'll we'll see if she should become a psychic now. She is predicting the outcome. But this is third hour. It's the rubber match. It's the rubber round to see who prevails. Cal, take while, it away. While listening to "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," here yes, we go. it's time to play case or no case. Yeah! Say toys, and for many people, that means Barbie, Hot Wheels, and their parent company, Mattel. <laughs> well, apparently, all is not well in Toyland. Mattel has yet to find the perfect mix with analog toys, digital devices, and profitability. And allegedly, they did not formally acknowledge to stockholders that sales of their two iconic brands are slumping a bit. And they had an in excess of inventory. One employee who was also a stockholder said, wait a minute, we're loaded up with Hot Wheels and Barbies. The warehouses are full with them, and they didn't put that in their quarterly statement. To me, that seems like they're violating the law, not telling stockholders their problems. By the way, as being Santa Claus for the last couple of weeks, the most popular toy asked for Barbie, Barbie. with a Barbie, uh, some kind of Barbie house. I don't know what it is. So anyway, uh, Barbie's on the comeback trail is the point. But this guy went to the uh, the lawyer and said, hey, they're not including this information in their disclosures. So I want to know if I have a case or no case because my stock's dropping a little bit. And so, Todd, it's your turn to go first. Case or no case? So the most popular one right now is is Barbie with the house? Yep. I, it's like it's it's uh, – it's the Denise Dirks model. It's the post-divorce Barbie, where she's got the house, the car, the new boyfriend, and Ken and, has and, the and children, and, and, a, and, and a constant source of income. Skipper. <laughs> she's got custody of Skipper, and yeah, yeah, and, and you know a bunch of friends. Cougar Barbie. That's what they call it. So <laughs> she got yes. custody of Furby, the animal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, <laughs> Ken's over there living in a doghouse, making that, scraps. That and hoverboards. <laughs> wow, hoverboards. Yes. Very popular ask this year. Oh wow! All right, all right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I guess the question here is: Are the uh, do the shareholders have a claim because the company did not disclose that they got warehouses full of product that's that hasn't moved? It's not moving. Yeah. All right. It was not moving, I should say. I think Barbie's doing just fine right now. But that oh, was of course she is. She got everything from Ken. I mean, <laughs> Ken, Ken makes half a million a year, and he's he's living at a Motel Six. No, right? he's staying with GI Joe. Uh, oh, oh, oh no, no, what? no, what? no! <laughs> that is just wrong. Hey. Well, hey, maybe you can't true. even afford a house. Okay, fair well, enough. Well, you know, it's it's. it's 
and they've got the Cinderblock Entertainment Center like we had in college, you know, and they oh they immediately established rules. Dude, if you come home and there's a necktie on the front door, just don't even come in. Go stay at a friend's house. I have guests. Yeah, okay. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's exactly what's going on with Ken and G.I. Joe. So what do you think? Case or no case? You've stalled already. You've given us I a couple of good lines. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, You've made Denise Dirk look like a stalling piker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You know, there's just some things you can't say. So uh, tell you what. Tell you what. Tell me. I'm going to say that this is not a case. Okay. No true. case for this one. All right. You're entitled to say that. That's how the <laughs> Even rules Even though go. I may be wrong. <laughs> and Denise, what do you think? Case or no case? Well, I think that the inventories have to be disclosed on the balance sheet. So I don't think I don't think it's a case either, darn it. But I wish I could think of another thing to say. But um, let me think. So the question is: Do does Mattel have to disclose um, inventory? And as they do, they have to disclose it in 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 their balance sheet and their financial records. Um, so if they did not disclose that, that would be. Um, a breach of the fiduciary duties that they would owe to their stockholders. So I'm just going to have a little fun since I have so many points and I'm so far ahead. <laughs> and, Cal, you're tied for second. Yes, you are. <laughs> Boy, is that unusual. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to say Except that. Except in the Emmy Awards. <laughs> I'm going to say that it is a case, but there's no answer yet because it's still pending. Okay. So. I think that's an acceptable answer there. So. We'll give you the answer in just, uh, well, after the break. Meanwhile, I'm going to look up the relationship status of Barbie and Ken and... G.I. Joe? Uh, B.I. <laughs> Joe. And uh, we'll see how things go forward there. Hey, and uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll take it there. We'll be back after some messages coming up on more Radio Law Talk. When we do come back, we're going we're gonna to transition from our previous DUI talk and keeping the public safe there into the latest on the vaccine front and what the court has said there. So don't go away. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. If it's in the law, we're talking about it here on Radio Law Talk, and we invite you to stay tuned as the program will continue. Don't go away. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. 
If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, Again, that's 800-238-9182. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092-800-918-7092-800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Is this real life? Not really. Time to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. So, case or no case, we are, it's the, uh, <laughs> you know, we have the Malibu Barbie and all. This is a fiduciary Barbie. 
and uh, or SEC Barbie, Securities Exchange Commission Barbie here, did the corporation that makes – was it Mattel that makes yes. Barbie? Did Mattel yep. Yep. run afoul of their shareholders by not informing the shareholders that there was a backlog or an excess, a surplus, if you will, of Barbies – Sorry, that image is just killing me. The surplus of Barbies in the warehouse um, that otherwise would have affected the profit margin or whatever. So did, did they owe a duty? Are they in violation of that? I said this is no case. I, I think this is just a, a you know, Cal once again because – Look, folks, you got to understand something. It is Christmas time. Cal, Cal, <laughs> hope no, no, hope no youngins up in Northern California. Listen, Cal mm. plays a good Santa Claus and has <laughs> and has Thank you. fielded several, many a request from a child wanting all sorts of things. And Barbie is always a top one on the list. Interestingly enough, when uh, middle-aged men also <laughs> utter their requests, often Barbie-like. Um, yeah, yeah, Cal. If you, if you know anybody, if you know anybody, <laughs> I, it looks like Barbie can send her my way. Have it, you know? But when uh, you say middle-aged men, are you t- referring to yourself? No, no, I'm not. Swipe left, Todd. Swipe, swipe left. left. Okay. Swipe left. <laughs> okay. So, so Cal has some expertise in this area. I think he made it up based upon the several requests. Denise, what did you? You said it's a case that's still in litigation. Yes, I said right. there's been no decision yet. All right, there we are. Well, for those of you who say this was not oh, a no. case, Mr. Kunin, uh, oh, bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, it is. Now, for those of you who say that was a case, that, of course, is Denise. The case was filed in 2019 in the District of California. It was a national class action case. And... The real issue was, did you see this Barbie movie with Margot Robbie? Did you see that, Robbie? Did you see that movie I in 2019? Familiar. I'm familiar with Margot Robbie. I don't think, but I don't know if anybody saw the movie or not. I, don't I know. did not. I did. I, I didn't see the movie, but I'm familiar with the work. The, the actress. actress. Okay, yes. well, Mattel was counting on Barbie sales coming back when that movie came out. And they said, really, we're doing fine. Life is good. Barbie's up. Sales are up. Big wheels are up. We didn't put it in there because it's not true. And so the judge said, well, let's just see how things go here for this year because we'll wait till this fiscal year closes and then we'll know if it was true or not. So as Denise said, case and no decision yet. And that is case or no case. And Denise is just sick about it. (laughs) She she seems really broken up over this. I can tell. I'm getting that. Yes. So now back to Radio Law Talk. All right. All right. Back to Radio Law. Back to talking about real law. Not uh, you know, not not whatever Cal comes up with. Toy law, not toy law. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, recent development as it relates to uh, vaccines in requirements in the workplace. Denise, what's going on? Well, Biden has a rule. Um, that any company that has a hundred or more employees, uh, they have to. Uh, the employees either have to be vaccinated or they're going to have to undergo a covid test once a week so that's kind of the the just of this it went before the first court and in that first court the first court said we're going to stay this decision um these people have a constitutional right to make not to have to get vaccines or to test so when you say it went before the first court so biden would have instituted the rule and then those that objected to it went to a court seeking an injunction that the rule not go into effect, right? Correct. And the judge at that injunction level said, 
yes, not going to go into effect. It's not going to go in. Okay. No, it's not that it's not going to go into effect. It's the it's stayed. It's stayed. Okay. So what that means is that it, the the repercussions of it will not go into effect. Okay. So it's it's. It stayed. So then it went up to the Court of Appeals. And this is in D.C. And this was the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals that um, it went up to. I think that's D.C. Oh, maybe it's Second Court. Well, anyway, the Sixth Court of Appeals, uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, lifted the stay now. And I believe that it should be lifted, to be candid, because I think if you don't lift the stay, then what happens is you're not going to know how it's impacting people. By the time that it gets up to the Supreme Court. And so I feel like this is a really super important case. Um, it's it's putting privacy, uh, bodily integrity rights um, over your own person, whether or not you should be forced to take tests or forced to take the vaccine versus public safety rights. Now, if you know, was this uh, was this request for an injunction initially? Was this like uh Stay the action while underlying litigation is pending, or was it just stay the action and and then it went up? Sometimes you have – if somebody challenges something we, – we saw this, for example, in, uh, in, in the abortion cases out of Texas, right, where, look, the law went into effect and, and one group wanted the law not put into effect while the argument of, of its constitutionality went forth. And then the question was, okay, are we going to not implement the law while we let the arguments go forth, or are we going to um, let the law go into effect and after we hear the constitutionality of it, then we'll affect the law? Do you know if that was the case here with this? No, I think it's like a little different posture because it really was a challenge as against the um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a constitution constitutional issue um does osha have this authority to put this kind of a rule into effect so it's more a challenge of an agency power under the executive power now we've covered this in the past i'm sure there are a lot of people and i've heard this argument a lot where somebody says you know is it an invite is it an invasion of my constitutional rights to force me to get a vaccine and, and what does the Supreme Court have to say about that? When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about that because the Supreme Court has already weighed in on that. In fact, the Supreme Court weighed in on that in 1905 about whether or not a municipality or a government, uh, whether it's local, federal, can impose a vaccine mandate, which is essentially what's being arg- argued here. Can they do it? And we'll tell you what the court said. When we come back from the break, you're listening to Radio Law Talk. Just a few more segments of Radio Law Talk left, so, you know, alert your neighbors, call your friends, tell them to tune in. More Radio Law Talk is coming right up. Don't go away. Your days be merry and bright. And may all... All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny and Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny and Associates e- 
Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Med. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, Call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. How did that happen? This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. We are at the on the home stretch. One half, half hour left on Radio Law Talk. Going into the break, we were talking about the uh, Biden mandate for vaccines by corporations, businesses with a hundred employees or more, and the requirements that the employees either be vaccinated or that they be tested at least once a week. That was a rule put into place. It was stayed by a trial court level, appealed to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the appellate court reinstated the, uh, the mandate. And so that it's back on now based upon the Sixth Circuit's ruling. Going into the break, raised the question about whether or not the Supreme Court has ever weighed in on vaccines. And a lot of people are asking this question that say, you know, when's the Supreme Court going to weigh in on whether or not any vaccine mandate can, can be required or if it violates the constitutional rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and the freedoms that we enjoy – and the fact is, the U.S. Supreme Court has weighed in. They, they weighed in on it, I don't know, like 118 years ago, 117 years ago, back in 1905, in a, in a case called Jacobson versus Massachusetts. At the time, the, the health crisis being dealt with in Massachusetts was smallpox. And there was a law that said you had to be vaccinated, and if you didn't, it was a misdemeanor. Well, Jacobson wasn't vaccinated, was convicted of a misdemeanor, appealed it up to and went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court held that, yes, it is within the police powers of a state or municipality charged with protecting the public to put in place a vaccine mandate, a a, requirement that people get vaccinated with certain conditions, those being that 
having to show that the the harm sought to be protected against is one that is pervasive, invasive, is going to you know lead to serious health conditions at the time. Smallpox. I think that it was one of those where. Um, 90% of the people that contracted the smallpox virus contracted, you know, developed symptoms that were just terrible and nasty. You know, people were dying at rates far greater than we see with COVID, but they were dying. And so the court in Jacobson said that, yes, they can do this. But they also pointed out that essentially it's going to be on a case-by-case basis moving forward when something else comes up that Maybe a state or a city or a municipality wants to impose a vaccine mandate. It, it's going to have to be a balancing act of the individual liberties of the person versus the overall harm sought to be protected against. And I think that's where this is going to come down to, where ultimately, if the U.S. Supreme Court has to weigh in on this, the ultimate issue, I think, is going to be looking at things like Mortality rates, infection rates, how dangerous is this virus to society? Where do we establish the threshold? And I, I look, if I'm reading the tea leaves right now, based upon uh, statements made by justices on the Supreme Court, Justice Roberts among them, with regard to challenges to vaccine mandates and social gatherings because of COVID. Justice Roberts was out there saying, look, this is a very serious incident, and because of the health and welfare of people, I I support the the lockdowns in these areas. So they've already made statements. I think we know where maybe he's coming from. He thinks that if I'm reading this right, I would say that Justice Roberts would follow along the lines of COVID's a serious virus, and it poses a serious health risk, and I think the vaccine mandates are uh, appropriate. Yeah, there's another little component to it, though. And whenever you have a state interest versus an individual interest, the, the state law or the federal law in this case has to be narrowly tailored yes. to fit that. And so this is why I think it's going to be upheld. This is my prediction. Um, because of the Biden law, the really it's OSHA's um, rule right now to, for safety mainly in the workplace, um, because it – allows for there to be vaccines or an alternative weekly tests it does allow for there to be it to be narrowly tailored if you will to still protect those individuals who do not want to have the vaccine they still have to weekly test but that's far less intrusive than as the english people say getting a jab that's right. That's right. Now, Denise, you had raised an issue. This is back in our first hour. We we're talking about where where does one person's constitutional right end, and the others begin when you have competing constitutional claims. And we were talking during the break. We never got back to this in the first hour. But this is my way of looking at it. I think in the Declaration of Independence, when they talk talk about certain inalienable rights, hang on for that a second. Has, People really listen up to this because this is very, very clever, and it's important even when you're looking at the right of privacy, and I'll explain that after Todd describes this idea. So in the Declaration of Independence, it says we believe that all are created equal with certain inalienable rights among them, and catch the order, life, 
liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And I believe that those are put in a specific order, in an order of importance for this reason. Life would be first. Liberty would be second because you can't have liberty without life. And pursuit of happiness would be third on that list, still important, but third because you can't pursue happiness unless you have liberty and life. Of those, life comes first. The other don't the others don't matter if you're not alive, right? And so when something comes up and somebody says, hey, that is encroaching, the vaccine mandate is encroaching on my constitutional rights, the question that I would have is, okay, those might fall under the purview of pursuit of happiness and liberty. But if the argument can be made that the reason for the vaccine mandate is to protect life that is first on that list, then I would say that if it can be shown that it is necessary to protect life and that it's a danger that we're trying to overcome, that when you're balancing the competing needs under the Constitution, the ones that protect life would come first. And, so. and folks, the, the right of privacy, a lot of people um, say, especially strict um, constructionists, they say that there is no right of pri- – there's no liberty rights in the U.S. Constitution. No, it's not. It's it's actually in the preamble, or it's as um, the Declaration of the Declaration of Independence, which is what Todd just said, and in that it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And if you're looking at Roe v. Wade, for example, you have two privacy rights. You've got an unborn child, and you have the right of a person to either be a parent or to be pregnant, and those rights are competing. And that's why Roe v. Wade was so important of a decision, because if the child's not viable, the state doesn't have an interest in the child's life. But if the child is viable, then the state has a really strong interest in the child's life over the liberty interest of the mother. And I think that that is a really good analysis that Todd has given us, because I think that will help for other people to understand the competing interests. There's there's not only the child's interest. And the mother's interest and potentially the father's interest as well. But there's a state interest here, too. That's a strong state interest as well. So it's it's important. What's happening right now, everybody needs to be watching and see how it's handled because we need to have a good way to balance those respective interests that protects the interests of all and is the least intrusive of all the interests as well. I think of all of the cases decided by the U.S. Supreme Court, say, in the last decade. And there have been some there have been some very important cases. I cannot imagine a case that is going to be more closely watched and looked forward to to see the reasoning behind it than the one that was just argued on that issue. And we'll and we'll, we'll talk about that when when a decision comes out. What are they yes. saying? They think the decision may be before in, June. Before June. So, you know, it, it's, next year. it's going to be a uh, you know, as far as that is concerned. But going back to vaccines, you know, if it sorry, com- I digress. <laughs> if it comes up with regard to vaccines, it's it's uh, it, they're going to employ the same mindset of competing individual interests versus the interest of the state to to protect life and to do things, and we'll see how that comes up. Um, and we'll, we'll watch it, this because yeah. this will make it up to the U.S. Supreme Court because many states are involved in this. Um, this There's not just one case. There's many different states that have challenged this rule, and there's many other states that 
even have modeled this rule. And so we're going to have to find out, and it's going to take a while to get there, but the reason that they lifted the stay was so that the courts in the future can actually see what injuries occur because of this rule. Yeah. So we'll follow that. we got 15 minutes left after we come back from the break. Stay tuned. we got a couple more cases to cover, and then quick takes. You're listening to Radio Law Talk on your favorite radio station. Uh, big payday for those of you who are listening to the show. Stay tuned. You'll get more good stuff as the program continues and winds down. The last show of 2021 coming back in 2020 also. Or is that 2022? Anyway, we'll be back. Hold on. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're biz to credit a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. Call now. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-352-3308. 800-352-3308. That's 800-352-3308. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms including APR are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. Do you run a business and want to learn how you can get between $10,000 to $5 million in 60 seconds? We're Biz to Credit, a top-rated online financing provider to hundreds of thousands of America's business owners. If your business does at least $120,000 a year in gross sales, we can get you more money to run your business in as little as 72 hours. Our terms are simple, repayment plans are flexible, and based on your cash flow. Plus, the paperwork is minimal, and the approval process is fast. So in the time you've listened to this commercial, you could have learned if you qualify to get up to $5 million in cash deposited to your business bank account in the next two to three days. Funding specialists are ready to take your call right now and get you the money you need fast. Call 800-559-5523. That's 800-559-5523. Again, 800-559-5523. 
Call now. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-918-1376 That's 800-918-1376 This is no fun. Oh, stop it. This is Radio Law Talk. Well, you know, the Jeffrey Epstein case, it's, it's like uh, it just won't go away. Uh, just slain Maxwell still um, has her trial still going on. An issue that has come up recently is with regard to, you know, you've got the, you've got the one victim who claims that um, she was forced to have relations with Prince Andrew as in the uh, prince, uh, the royal Prince Andrew. And what has come out is apparently there was some sort of settlement agreement between Jeffrey Epstein and this victim a long time ago that now Prince Andrew has believes and, and legal advisors from uh, England believe should shield him, Prince Andrew, from any liability. Now, that to me is interesting how an agreement between Epstein and the alleged victim could be relied on by Prince Andrew as a shield to legal liability. Obviously, right now, we don't know what's in the agreement. We don't even know the settlement terms, but this is why we're bringing it up. The issue was raised by the court, and the court has said, look, Mr. Epstein is dead, and everybody knows about this agreement. There's really no reason to keep it secret because Mr. Epstein is deceased. So the court has given a, uh, a time frame for parties who want to keep the agreement kept secret to provide an argument and reasons to the court. It's called an order to show cause why the judge should not make the information in the agreement public. And I believe... The uh, that is supposed to be provided to the court and argued in, in early January, like the third or the sixth or something like that. This is the one that's interesting because the 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 plaintiff that settled with Epstein, um, she's she may have an interest in keeping it private as well. And the reason she may be because if in fact there is some kind of an extension to agents or successors or or any other person specifically named in that agreement as being part of that agreement, then it could shield Prince Andrew. And so this is an interesting case because I think the court has to say whose privacy is being protected and who wants 
that protection to live because it's not necessarily just Epstein's privacy and not just the victims. That's right. But it also could be Prince, and- Prince, Prince Andrew's privacy, um, although he's trying to assert it as a defense. Now, now here's another reason why I could see why um, Miss, what's her name, Guffrey? Miss yes. uh, Guffrey might want this. Let, let's say that she and her legal team believe that this, look, the agreement. Anybody can read it. It's not a shield to Andrew, Prince Andrew. This was an agreement between me and Epstein, had nothing to do with him. He can't vicariously assert Epstein's rights. He has no standing to rely on this. There's, let's say that they can make that argument. I still see a reason why they would not want this to come out. And it's because if there were financial terms in that agreement, what they want to avoid is this scenario – Possibly going to trial and having uh, Prince Andrew's legal team try to argue if they can get it before the jury or at a minimum in the court of public opinion. She already got a big payday based upon the settlement, and now she's coming back wanting more. She could have sued Prince Andrew way back when she filed the law. She settled with Epstein, but she waited until it came out, waited till after Epstein died. So now it's not a violation of that agreement, and now she wants – and it – it makes it seem like it's less about addressing the wrongs and more about money, and and that is the appearance. And I could see them wanting to avoid that appearance. But also it could be the opposite, and Prince Andrew could argue that it may look like he's vicariously liable somehow because of what Epstein settled in that matter. It could yep. be some actions that he was involved in, right? That may not directly shield him from liability. So it, it can be argued many different ways. And we're, I'm so curious to see the settlement. I'm hoping that the judge decides to release it and and have it become public so that we all can know what goes on behind those scenes. Yeah, and I think right now, although I don't know which side is objecting and which side is proposing that it be released, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that they're not unanimous and that it should be sealed because if they were, I don't see this even being an issue for the court if both sides agree. Hey, just keep it sealed. The judge says, okay, one side wants it out. Yeah, and, I agree. And so and my guess is it's Andrew's side that wants it out because they think it's a defense. I think so too. And I think also he has another defense, and it's an interesting one because his defense is that having um, relations with a 17-year-old is not a crime in either England or in New York because that's an age of consent. So that's one of the things that happens. And remember, what makes it illegal maybe is not having sex with a minor because she may not qualify as a minor, but it's Epstein's contact conduct in getting these girls to give out. That's the, that's the crime is kind of the um, – uh, what's it called? I'm not. I, I would say the, the issue is really consent, and so if 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 it was a jurisdiction where at at the age of 17 it's legal based upon the laws of that jurisdiction, there's still the issue about whether or not somebody was coerced to perform an act that was against their will. That's still a salient issue, and age age doesn't matter at that point. Um, it, it's irrelevant that it would have been legal from an age standpoint. You still have to deal with the issue of was this a coerced act based upon either Prince Andrew's conduct or Epstein's conduct? Was she forced to do something she didn't want to do? 
Yeah, and but is that sex trafficking? Is that one of the the could, um, parts of sex trafficking? Could be, could be. It, it, it's a lot of stuff in there, but it really gets. What I'm trying to get away from is this idea that if somebody can prove that she was statutorily of age, that there's no crime. No, it can still be a crime if they don't if the consent was coerced or she was forced to do something she didn't want to do. And so uh, it's it's not a uh, uh, get out of jail free card, if you will. So, so even if Epstein um, settled a suit with her about sex trafficking or coercing her into doing that thing, it does not protect the person that um, that was involved in that. It, it shouldn't, unless there's language specific in the agreement that provides that. We got to see the agreement. All this is speculation at this point. And how did that work for Bill Cosby? I mean, what, what I'm saying this is that you've got one agreement that says. Under civil law, here's our agreement, but what about the criminal liability? Would he not still have criminal liability? Well, in the case of Bill Cosby, it was the same actor, i.e. the district attorney's office, making a deal and then going back on that deal to prosecute, to not prosecute, and then prosecute. So that's where it's a little bit different here because we don't have the same actor. It only involved criminal matters. In in Andrew's, Prince Andrew's case, I don't think there's a criminal matter yet pending against him, although he may be an alleged doe in a criminal matter. I can't remember exactly. I I guess what I'm trying to figure out is can someone negotiate away the state's right to prosecute. Yes. Uh, can somebody negotiate? Mm-hmm. Um, the district y- attorney. Yes. It, well, the district attorney can, but ultimately the He's decision. The state. Yeah. The ultimately the decision whether to prosecute or not prosecute is the prosecuting agencies. We see that all the time in domestic violence cases where you have uh, somebody who's a victim of domestic violence. And then later on, they say, hey, I don't want to prosecute anymore. And the DA knows it's still going on. The DA is not going to do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Answer my question well. Thank you. And uh, Cal, do yes. we have quick takes coming up? We have quick takes coming do. up right now at the very finale of Radio Law Talk today. And Todd, I'm going to start with you for your quick take, if I might. Well, I'm going to piggyback right on our discussion of Prince Andrew because Denise said, could possibly be a doe, or as Homer Simpson would say, a doe. doe. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Denise, what about you? Well, you have to listen to Second Hour to understand this, but G.I. Joe is now bringing an unlawful detainer action against Ken. And Mattel is mad. Ken won't leave the the clubhouse? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to Radio Law Talk. We've enjoyed having you. This is our last show of 2021. We'll be back on the first Saturday in January. Be sure to uh, catch us on the podcast. But not New Year's Day. We'll be back on the second Saturday of January. Well, hold on. Let me check my calendar here. The first Saturday in January is January 1st. So we'll see you the second Saturday of January. Folks, have a nice holiday. You and yours, thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Bye. A copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291.